if you guys can look at last year's midterm and figure out which questions you'd have problems with, then we can try to go over those. So we're doing uh, perturbation theory. Since you guys mastered the harmonic oscillator last quarter, we can do lots of harmonic oscillator problems. So our first harmonic oscillator problem will be adding a linear term to the Hamiltonian. So this is going to be our perturbation because this is the harmonic oscillator you solved already. And uh, if you had a linear function to a quadratic function, that's just another quadratic function, right? This is a lower power than that. So it's just a shifted parabola. So we can change coordinates and complete the square. Well, x prime x minus qe over m omega squared. And we can solve for x. And plug that into our Hamiltonian. We get x prime squared plus 2qe x prime over m omega squared plus squared, e squared over m squared, omega to the fourth, minus qe x prime plus qe over m omega squared. So, this one half m omega squared times two over m omega squared will cancel and we'll get plus QE x prime, and we'll cancel that x prime. And then we're just left with an x prime squared term and some constant terms. And uh, this one's plus a half and this is minus a half minus one so we'll get half and omega squared x prime squared minus a half q squared p squared over m omega squared so in the shifted x coordinate we've just we solved this parabola and now we've shifted it so it's moved over to the side and lowered a bit by this amount. But that's just a constant shift, and you've solved this problem, except it was called x before, now it's called x prime, but it's still a quadratic. So this is just a harmo shifted harmonic oscillator, and it's shifted in x, and it's shifted in energy. But solving this Hamiltonian is exactly the same as solving the one you had before, just shifted by this amount of the energy. So we know the answers. The energy levels are n plus a half h bar omega and 
like shifted by this amount. So we're done. So now we're going to solve it again using perturbation theory. So the first order, starting, this is the first order answer, the solution of H naught. Now we're going to try to calculate this correction. So our first order perturbation formula says shift in the energy level is the expectation value of the perturbation in an unperturbed state. And uh, to save time, instead of writing psi 0n, we're just going to write n. And our perturbation Hamiltonian is minus eqx. So we need to calculate the expectation value of x in an unperturbed state. You guys hear a buzzing? Yeah. yeah. Is that there every day? So we could have lots of fun calculating overlap integrals of Hermite polynomials with exponentials. Or we could uh, use raising and lowering operators. You guys can vote. Overlap integrals of Hermite polynomials are raising and lowering. One vote for raising and lowering. <laughs> so you remember the raising and lowering operators? plus or minus i p plus m omega x. So that means you can solve for x a plus plus a minus. And remember that what the raising and lowering operators do. a plus acting on n gives us square root of n plus 1 times the state n plus 1 excitations. A minus acting on n gives us root n times the state with one less excitation. That's why they're raising and lowering operators. So we want to calculate the expectation value of x in one of these states. Let's, Let's be fancy and do it between two different states. So we plug in what x is in terms of raising and lowering operators. So we have an expectation of value of a plus between n and n prime. You can also write that a minus on n overlap with a prime, n prime. So once I put it 
inside here, I, this is, means the complex conjugate of the wave function. And the complex, the Hermitian conjugate of A plus is A minus. So does everyone see why this first term an A plus in the middle is the same as A minus in the bra? It would be A plus in the ket. So in integrals, I'd be writing A minus on psi dagger is times psi integrated is the same as A plus A plus psi. So A minus acting on N gives us root N. And then we're left with an overlap. Well, let's write it out. And it lowers N to N minus 1. And A minus acting over here will give us root N prime. zero unless n prime equals n minus one. And this is zero unless n equals n prime minus one. So the thing that we wanted to get was the expectation value in the state n, so that n prime equals n. In that case, n is never equal to n minus 1, and n is never equal to n minus 1. So in the case that we wanted, it's 0. So our expectation, but first order perturbation theory tells us the first order correction to the energy is 0, because this vanishes. And that's good, because that means we get to do second order perturbation theory. <laughs> And if we check with the exact answer, our perturbation uh, was linear in Q times Z, and the exact answer appears squared. So we should have expected to get zero, because there's no term in the exact answer to border E. And then we divide by the difference, EM minus EM. 
for a harmonic oscillator, those energy levels are easy. M plus a half h bar omega. So since this is squared, we can bring out q squared, e squared. value of x between states with m and the state with n modulus squared and the denominator the half h bar omegas cancel calculated this. So this is a factor of h bar over 2m omega. So here, instead of n prime, we have m. squared, I don't mean, I mean each term in the series is squared. And we know that these aren't going to be, both of these can't be true at the same time. n is either m minus 1 or n is m plus 1. So wh one, if one of these is non-zero, the other one will vanish. zero when m is equal to n plus 1. So we have a square root of m, and then it's squared. So, so we get m, which is n plus 1. And then the bottom, n minus n plus 1 in parentheses gives us minus 1 on the bottom. Over here, we have n and m is equal to n minus 1. So we'll get plus 1. So we have n minus n plus 1. So we'll get minus 1. So we got the exact answer. So perturbation theory works. And we got the exact answer because the exact answer was only second order in this in E squared in E. So by going to second order, we've got all possible terms in this particular case.
so now we've checked perturbation theory in a case where we knew the exact answer, so there was no need to do perturbation theory. Yeah? Can you explain what you did in the sum again? So you're, you're just choosing one delta? So N is fixed because we're looking at a partic particular energy level. And then in the sum over all the possible states, there's only two terms. There's a state where M is N plus 1, and there's a state where N is N minus 1. Because our perturbation was A plus plus A minus. So that overlap can only be non-zero when you shift it up by 1 or down by 1. So it only gets correct. So did you pick one of those to do it, or did you actually use both of them? Both I, both here's both, both of them. Here's where the M is equal to N plus 1. Mm -hmm. Here's where M is equal to N minus 1. So I just used this formula that we had up here. Okay, so now we're going to apply perturbation theory to a case where we don't know the answer ahead of time. And then there's a big surprise at the end. So you guys, brace yourselves. cubic term this time instead of a linear term. If we add a cubic term to a quadratic, we're completely changing it, right? So let's write it like this. Some parameter b times the square root of m cubed omega to the fifth for h bar x cubed. And why would we write it in such a crazy way? Um, nope dimensional analysis. So if we look at the dimensions of these terms, we've got kilograms to the 3 halves, 1 over second to the 5 halves. H bar has units kilogram meter squared per second, and the square root of that. And then x cubed has units of meters cubed. So we get kilograms squared, oops, Kilogram to the 3 halves minus 1 half is a kilogram. Uh, we get meters squared, because <laughs> there's a meter on the bottom. And 1 over sec seconds to the 5 halves minus 1 half is 1 over seconds to the 4 halves is 1 over seconds squared. So that has units of energy, so B is dimensionless. is a nice expansion parameter for us. And we know that x cubed can be written as square root of h bar over 2m omega cubed a plus plus a minus cubed. So plugging that in, our perturbation looks like b h bar omega or two to the three halves, a plus plus a minus cubed. So if we'd been really clever and knew the answer, we would have put in a two to the three halves. But we weren't that clever.
So all we have to do is take the expectation values of a plus and a minus cubed. But it's tricky because a plus and a minus are operators that don't commute. So we actually have to think as we multiply. We spent all those years learning how to multiply without thinking. Now we have to go back and think. A plus plus a minus cubed. Well, we can, let's take, get the squared part first. So it would be a plus times a plus. It would be a plus times a minus. Minus times a plus will be a minus times a minus. And then we still have another a plus plus a minus. Multiply it. These guys in the middle, the cross terms, are not the same because a plus a minus is not the same as a minus a plus. So if we multiply in the last factor, we'll get an a plus cubed a plus squared a minus plus a plus a minus a plus plus a plus a minus squared plus a minus a plus squared a minus a plus a minus plus a minus squared a plus a minus cubed. Now we have a whole lot of terms, and if we had to calculate all those expectation values, we'd be here all day. We need to think about how to simplify that. So we're going to write things in terms of uh, the number operator. Anyone remember what the number operator did? Number operator was a plus a minus. because a plus a minus acting on state n. A minus will give us root n, n minus 1. And then a plus acting on n minus gives us n back, which is a factor of n minus 1 plus 1. So acting with a plus a minus just counts the number of expectations. So you can write, because you, you guys must have done this, right? You wrote the Hamiltonian in terms of a plus a minus. It's a plus a minus plus a half times h bar omega. What about uh, a minus a plus? We did it in the other order, a minus a plus. Acting on n, we get a minus times square root of n plus 1 times n plus 1. And then a minus will lower that back down to n as a factor of n plus 1. Minus 
ended with a plus is one. You guys can do that already. So we can write this monstrosity as a plus two plus a plus times a plus a minus is n hat. Here's another n hat times a plus. Here's an n hat times a minus. Here's an n hat plus one times a plus. Another n hat plus one times a minus. And a minus times n hat plus one. So we could simplify these if we knew how to commute a minus with n hat and a plus with n hat. better commute itself. <coughs> Everybody commutes with themselves, right? How could you get to work if you didn't commute with yourself? And a plus a minus is minus one. So we can reverse the order here using our commutator. So n hat a plus minus a plus. I think 
this guy alone. from commuting with the N. So here we had a plus cubed. And I see three n halves times a plus. It's one here, one here, and one there. Plus one a minus and plus one a minus. commutes with 1, but a minus with n hat uh, would give us a minus. So that's whatever. I had n hat 
A minus plus A minus plus A minus. So I can't read this problem. So where were we? We wanted to collect all the terms with A minuses. So there's an N hat plus N hat A minus plus A minus. And then there's two more. So there's three. And then there's A minus Q. So now we've got it down to four terms. Tell me what the first order perturbation theory result is. On the nth level. Zero. I heard someone say something. Zero. Zero. Everyone see why it's zero? guy acts on n, he's going to lower it by 3. So there'll be no overlap with the n on the other side. This one's going to lower it by 1, and then multiply by n minus 1 plus 1, but it's still going to be lowered by 1, so it's not going to have any overlap with the other side. This will raise it by 1, no overlap. Raise it by 3, no overlap. So all the overlaps are 0. So we get to do second order perturbation here. <coughs> so let's uh, try to do the pieces one at a time. So. This guy lowers n by 3, so there'll be an overlap when m is n minus 3. <coughs> and that's the only term that's going to contribute. This is the only one that changes it, lowers it by 3. So lowering it the first time gives us a factor of root n, and then it's n minus 1. Lowering it again gives us square root of n minus 1. Lowering it again gives us square root of n minus 2. And we've lowered it three times, so it's n minus 3. This guy is going to lower it by 1, so there'll be a term when m is n minus 1.
So lowering that will give us an n minus 1 and a root n from the lowering. And then we have to do things in the right order. We have n hat plus 1. n hat would give us n minus 1, then plus 1 would give us n. that when I take this overlap, I just get the square root here, right? I don't have to write that out. So here, look at dh bar omega over 2 to the 3 halves. 3 times n through n. term has a raising operator, so there's a term when m is n plus 1. operator will give us a square root of n plus 1. And then n hat will give us another factor of n plus 1. you whatever the n of the state that you're acting on. So this guy raised it by 1. So now n hat on that state will give us n plus 1. That's why I'm writing all these hats. Usually you guys are so good at quantum mechanics that we stopped writing hats because we knew that p was an operator and we didn't have to write hats anymore. But I think my experience is when you get to this, you need to be reminded. I need to be reminded that n is not n, it's the operator n. The last term is a raising operator, three of them. So there'll be a term when n is n plus 3. So the first guy will give us square root of n plus 1, then the next time n plus 2, and the third time n plus 3. So the second order correction for the energy
to the 3 half squared is 8. We can factor out an h bar omega from the denominator um, down here. 2 to the 3 halves is root root. Squared by squared. Oh, squaring it. Okay. This matrix element gets squared. So there's only four terms out of the series, and it's the squares of these things we calculated. So there's an n times n minus 1, n minus 2, over n plus a half, minus n minus 3 plus a half. So this was the term where we had three lowering operators, and n was equal to n minus 3. And the one with the low, one lowering operator would give us 9n squared n. So that was the term where m was n minus 1. That was the term where m is n plus 1. It's up here. Squaring 3 will give us 9, n plus 1 squared times n plus 1. just that here n minus n cancels and we're left with a minus one. Here n minus n cancels and we're left with a plus one. That means the n cubed term will cancel between these two guys. And the leading term will turn out to be n squared. So after another page of algebra, order result, zeroth order energies are like n. There's no first order correction, and then the second order correction grows like n squared. Well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Success or disaster? 
Is perturbation theory working or failing? Wouldn't that mean as n gets large, you could get Yes. When n gets very large, this term will be much bigger than this term, no matter how small this parameter b is. If you make b very small, then it will take a lot of, you can go to a very high energy level before that happens. So here's an example of what we're doing. We have this shifted harmonic oscillator because we added x cubed, so it's asymmetric now. And here's what we're finding uh, from our perturbation theory. So this axis is d. So as d gets bigger, the, per the changes in the energy levels get bigger. But for small values of b, the first few levels look like everything's fine, because we're just getting a small shift. But eventually, no matter what b we pick, if we go up high enough, the corrections are getting big. So if the corrections are already getting big, like here, it's already 50% of that level, we suspect that perturbation theory is breaking down. Although for this first energy level, the correction is still small. So what we suspect is that perturbation theory is only working for the lowest levels for this value of B. B. But Y is the energy level. So this, these were our nicely spaced bubbles, and then here they're going crazy. So any guesses why that's happening? I told you guys to be prepared for the shock. So I, when I showed you that <coughs> potential, I only showed you this part of it. But if we plot a little further out, a cubic polynomial goes up on one side and down on the other side. So if we stick to some very low energy levels here, these guys will still behave sort of like a harmonic oscillator. But when we get up to this level, there's no more levels because we'll just run out that way. And even these guys down here can eventually tunnel. So they're actually unstable. But for the for the low-lying guys, this is some large value of b. For the low-lying guys, this gives a pretty good estimate of what the shift in the energy level is. It doesn't tell us what the lifetime is. So we'd have to do some fancier calculation to figure out how long they live. So that's like getting an imaginary correction to the energy. You guys know what I'm talking about? If we have e to the i, E omega t. If the energy had an imaginary piece, then that would be an exponential decay, which is what happens when things can tunnel out. Something can tunnel out with some probability 
the probability per unit time, it follows an exponential decay law. You guys have seen that before somewhere. Or at least you know radioactive elements follow an exponential decay law. So what we learned is that perturbation theory can work, but it could be tricky. In this case, only it only we only trust it for some low-lying levels, and how many levels that is depends on how big that parameter B was. If we made B very small, then there'll be lots of levels before we see it going crazy. And still, it doesn't tell us the whole answer because these things are metastable. Any questions? Excited about the exam next? Yeah. Uh, I had a question about the homework that's due on Friday. Yes. Um, it's a full homework assignment, but we're not going to get to it until like Wednesday night because we have our test. Yeah. Is it possible we could like move the deadline to Monday or something when we have a little bit more time to do it? Okay. Well, yeah. Since we moved the midterm, we might as well move the homework. Okay, so review session tomorrow in 164, which we think is over there, 930. And